Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Gospel Forum podcast. My name is Dan Sardinas, and I'm joined again with my good buddy and pastor friend, Pilgrim Benham. How are you doing, Pilgrim? I'm great. I'm great. I I am thankful that we got through a crazy hurricane season. Um, however, I just noticed that, you know, we've, we've gone through all the names of, of every single, you know, possible yeah, and, named storm. And by the way, this is great for pastors everywhere. So they could be refreshed on the Greek alphabet. Yeah, I, apparently. Well, now, now <laughs> there's Ada, which is threatening their sense over Honduras. It's actually threatening our coast. Yeah. Um, so we thought, Hey, we're out of the clear by the end of October. Now, no, we nope. have another storm coming. And usually what they say, November 1st, you know, you're pretty much in the clear. I guess right. at least that's the way it used to be. But 2020 course comes and becomes 2020. So if there are sharks in the hurricane, like Sharknado style, Sharknado. Then, then we're done. We're done. The, the year is officially the apocalypse. Exactly. Exactly. Well, good. Well, thank you for joining us, everyone. If you, this, you've never heard an episode before, the Gospel Forum is a podcast and uh, we are an extension of the gospelforum.com, which is a blog where we write articles for theological content for the local church. Our desire is to aid the local church in doctrinal knowledge and to aid them in discipleship. And so we explore doctrine and uh, also current events and wish to apply them from a gospel-centered perspective. And so uh, thank you for checking us out today. You could go to our website to learn more thegospelforum.com and make sure you leave an honest five star review about this podcast. We would appreciate it. I know the podcast content hasn't been all that frequent lately. We've been busy working on some projects and, um, and that, but uh, hopefully Lord willing, we'll get back on with more consistent podcasts coming up in the very near future. But anyway, Pilgrim, what are we going to talk about today? I mean, is there anything happening in the world? Like it's, is there much on the news or I mean what's happening in our life right now nothing's going on and it's one of those you know it's one of those dead news cycles that nothing's happening and so they're excited if there's you know a a hurricane to report but no nothing going on at all right no this is uh this is post-election 2020 the what we've been told is the biggest election of our entire um history of our nation and our entire life generation is what they said Every year that I I've said been that alive. four years ago, pretty sure. Yeah, it's the most important. <laughs> every every year is the most important election of our life lifetime, and 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 in some ways it's probably true because of the increasing nature of how uh, things go, and um, you know, and how things worsen, and and different people get in positions of power, and different mm-hmm. philosophies that invade invade the, our culture that need to be addressed. Uh, you see these things much more prevalent today than even twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's the nature of the thing. So I guess with that, as things get worse, each one would be, I guess, a much more increasingly important election. Yeah. It's the most important election until the next election. Until the next election. That's right. And if you're listening to this uh, late, uh, our comments are coming today, which is Thursday, November the 5th. It is two days past election. So we may say some things today that are no longer relevant because of the situation and how it has resolved itself, whether it's hours from now or uh, days from now. But Pilgrim, at this moment, we still do not have a president-elect. That's correct. Yeah, we have had a very close. Now, you you know, a couple of comments on that. Everyone was expecting, and we were kind of told from pollsters that this was going to be 
an absolute blue wave. It was going to be a blowout. Um, Trump's chances. I actually took a screenshot of DrudgeReport.com on uh, Tuesday afternoon, where it was three percent, you know, chance uh, or less of him even having a chance. Crazy. And then that, that number continued to rise until it was yeah. like a seventy-five percent chance. Um, mm-hmm. And um, but as it stands now, yeah, we've got uh, quite a few states with a, a decisive vote in um, for Biden. And then we have about right at, at this time, we have about four states, five states that are still um, undecided or uncalled. So uh, pretty right. close. The margin is within 100,000 votes in all four of those states. Yeah, no one is at 270 yet. Although at this moment, if you listen to the news networks and the way things are leaning, um, they haven't been called yet. But it appears likely that Joe Biden uh, does have a pathway to the 270. Uh, if Nevada is confirmed for him. Of course, if you listen to the Trump campaign, uh, they are also claiming victory um, because of certain things that they are saying that are not being seen currently and perhaps some potential fraud that has happened at um, voting places and uh, in different cities across the nation. So there's a lot of drama as to be expected. And uh, this is something we kind of avoided in 2016. As drama-filled 2016 was, right. election night came and it was over. I mean, there was no question that Trump had won. And uh, we were all hoping that would be true, that there would be a decisive winner. And I was hoping that would be true as well this year. And uh, But it is so close that that hasn't happened yet. So we left in this flux. We left in this you know, place in the middle where we're not sure what's going to happen is is the Trump campaign right? Are these ballots legitimate? Are they going to be um, or or you know it, has this election been done properly? Can these votes be counted truthfully? Or is the Biden campaign right that there's nothing to see here and let's move on and uh, move forward with uh, you know uh, being elected to the White House? So lots going on in our world and uh, opinions are everywhere. So I guess my question for you, brother. Yeah. In light of all this, in light of all this, how should Christians respond? We have a very hostile political atmosphere, yeah. and tensions are at an all-time high. I thought they were at an all-time high in 2016. Well, guess what? They've been even higher in 2020. Yeah. So is there a way to live as a Christian in this world? And what is the balance of standing up for what's right and trusting God to be sovereign, what do sure. you think? Well, first, there's a there's a big contentious thing I want to like try to settle before we move on, and and that is how do you pronounce the state in which Las Vegas uh, resides in? How do you pronounce the name of that state? I would say Nevada. Nev- see, I say Nevada. 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 Colorado or Colorado. Colorado. Okay. Colorado, yeah, I don't. No, it's anyway. not Colorado, yeah. Colorado, <laughs> Colorado. Maybe it's Nevada. I don't know. Nevada. I guess Nevada does sound better now that I. I heard, heard the it. press conference that Trump's lawyers recently did, and it was they were saying Nevada, and I've just always heard Nevada. So, who knows? So we got to settle that before we move on. <laughs> we got to settle that before we, we count the settle. votes, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah how how do we how do we navigate um, politics in general? I think that there's kind of a Maybe uh, there's an endearing attitude. So, so I want to say endearing. I want to give credit to this attitude. 
because it's not it's not a passive attitude but there's there's definitely um, a body of people within christendom or within um the body of christ that that want to kind of be apolitical um they're and when i say i want to be charitable to them because they their heart really is like hey we we are supposed to focus on the kingdom of heaven we're supposed to focus on the gospel we're not supposed to focus on this side or that side and let it all become partisan and i appreciate that posture but the the problem with that view is is you know the scriptures don't afford us the the freedom mm-hmm. of just being completely hands off um with being a citizen of where we live so right um I, I think you know not to make a political statement but we can we can get you know uh, really supercharged on on either of those issues but um i think it's important that we participate um and that we pray uh and i i think to a certain point we're, we're vocal and active now this year I, I don't know if i've just seen like an uprise in the last four years especially and i don't know it's because if it's because of um, this idea of like QAnon, um, but there seems to be a huge prevalence of like conspiracy theorists or conspiracy theories. And, um, you know, to a certain extent, you know, I, I think that makes sense because as Christians, we know that there ultimately is a deceptive spirit of darkness that is at work, right? Um, trying to subvert the plan of God underneath, you know, all of creation. Now, from the very beginning, there's been a, a you know, questioning God. Did God right. really say? So in that sense, I think it's, it's okay that Christians um, question and say, is, or do we know all the facts? Mm-hmm. But what I think we need to be careful, especially uh, very currently, um, at least like right now and in the next few weeks, especially, is just to be careful that we're not saying, see, I knew it, it's all fraud. Um, there's a difference between potential fraud and actual fraud. And I think we just have to be careful. Um, yes, there is an underlying depraved mindset uh, with the unregenerate, of course. Yes, there is uh, a spirit of this age and there is, you know, a worldly Babylonian type, you know, mindset. Um, right. But we have to be careful that we're not saying like, I knew it, Trump was was God's man and the devil is out, you know, to, to take us down. And we just have to be careful that we're not immediately crying foul. Um, we do want to see legitimate votes counted, but I would say we, that would be the first thing is pray, participate, and just be a little bit careful that we're not out there, you know, voicing or being the leaders of voicing, you know, fraud and conspiracy. We just have to be a little bit careful. Yeah. I think there's uh, you know, this is, you know, elections in general are very difficult um, because because we have a dual citizen dual citizenship you know we are of course citizens of heaven of the kingdom of god but of course we reside here on earth um, where you know we live today this is our reality but we know that um, you know we're living in an already but not yet world uh, where the kingdom uh, is here but is still coming um, And so how does that all play itself out? And I think there's a temptation that some might have to be so zealous for the kingdoms of this world and ignore ignore the reality of the kingdom of God uh, as a whole. So I guess what I'm saying is about that is, and it's been amazing. And really, I think since 2016, I did not understand or see the divide amongst evangelicals like I have seen since the previous election till now, especially with the uprise of the Black Lives Matter movement and 
other social issues uh, that, that, that have arisen. Um, boy, there's been some lines in the sand that have been drawn, and evangelicals uh, are falling on either side of them. Mm-hmm. And um, I think to an extent that there is some error on, with both camps. Actually, there's more than one camp, but on all sides. Um, However, I think we need to understand that we need to stand for righteousness. We need to stand for what's right. We need to stand for for what's for just. And of course, God's word decides and defines what is just and what is good and what is lawful. Um, But at the same time, keep in mind that God is sovereign. God is in control. We do our best and our responsibilities here to stand up for what's right and call evil, evil, and good, good, because there are those who are calling what is evil, good, and what's good, evil. And so we have to be salt of the earth. We have to be lights of the world, as Christ has called us to be. But we can't be so wrapped up in this kingdom to think that all is lost if, quote, our particular candidate doesn't win or if our party loses power. Um, Right. And I, so I think there's a fine line there where I think I see some Christians, especially on social media, get so overtaken emotionally by the defeat of the present day, not knowing that, that tomorrow is coming and, right. and that we need not lose hope no matter what happens in any election. And yes, it may spell difficult and trying times for our world, not only for today and tomorrow and the days ahead based upon who wins and what laws are passed. But in the end, um, the Lord Jesus Christ reigns, and this gives every Christian hope, I think, not only for today, no matter how the election turns out, but also for tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you talk about righteousness and justice. Um, you look throughout you know, the Old Testament, you see it everywhere. Um, Psalm 33.5, Amos 5.24. Now, God's very concerned with um, righteousness and justice. Um, and, you know, you look at the, the government and the governing officials, according to Romans 13, four, you know, he is God's servant for your good. Mm-hmm. But if you do wrong, be afraid for he does not bear the sword in vain. He's the servant of God and avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. And that, that idea of wrath is, you know, retributive and distributive justice. So there's a, mm-hmm. a sense of punishing evil and then promoting good and welfare. And, um, yeah, I think we, some of us want more government, <laughs> more government to, yeah. you know, to do, to provide that, that welfare and goodness um, in every area and support us. Um, and others want less of that government. Um, but no matter what, no matter if it's, you know, totalitarian or it's completely hands-off libertarian, you, you really biblically look at government as um, a steward uh, under the lordship and submission, whether they realize it or not, you know, they're submitted to the sovereignty of God. So exactly. Uh, can't forget that. Yeah. And I think at, at play here, and I, I, and I wrote an article that's actually out on the gospel forum website today Yeah. Uh, called, uh, have you read it? <laughs> I have. Called, it's a great article. Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. It's called, I voted. So now what? And so you could check that out on, on the gospel forum. Um, and so, you know, I, I was thinking about this because it's actually something we think about every election, but with the news that um, Trump may lose the election, I've seen my news feed fill up with great despair among many of my brothers and sisters. And so I wanted to prepare them, even if he does lose, 
because many of them did vote for Trump. Not all of my evangelical friends voted for Trump, um, but I would say the vast majority did. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to encourage them. Uh, how and what do we do from here? And I guess this is the question. Maybe the the, the tenor, the, the tone of the rest of this episode is. So now what? All right. So let's say Biden wins. Let's say Trump loses, or let's go the opposite. Let's say the courts rule in Trump's favor and there is fraud in the election. They take out the fraudulent votes and that makes Trump the winner. No matter who wins, let's ask the question. So now what? What do we do when elections go our way and elections don't go our way? Um, and I yeah. think what we have to, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of scripture and, and reasons we can look to in the scripture for this answer. But I think primarily something that should be at the center of every Christian's life is what's written above my head behind me on the wall is to glory, uh, glory be to God alone. Soli Deo Gloria, one of the five solas. Yeah. Um, we must glorify God in, in and through the results of elections, even when things don't go our way. This is something that Paul said to the Corinthians and a verse that we know very well. I think we apply very little uh, he says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, I think that encompasses just about everything else in life. What do you think? Yeah. Whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So politics included with that pilgrim? Can yeah, we do so politics for the glory of God? Can we? Surprisingly, yes, we can. Yeah, some of yeah. us think, you know, I've got to switch off my uh, my politics when I show up at, at church or I need to switch off my um, my faith when I would go into the polling, um, you know, the ballot box and, and uh, it's Paul saying everything, everything that we are, you know, we're not a compartmentalized TV dinner where right. okay, that's my faith over here. And this is my family over here. And that's politics over there. It's more like a, a pot pie. I mean, everything is thrown in there and it's baked together. Everything that we do, we're to do uh, as unto the glory of God. And so really mm -hmm. everything in a sense is an act of, of bringing him weight and worth and uh, praise. So that should include everything, including politics. Yeah. And I think some people think of glorifying God in politics as in, well, we want to thank God that so-and-so got elected or that this law got passed. And yes, glorify God when that happens, right? Sure. But then I also think we, this is the tough part. We also need to praise God and praise God when, when things don't go our way. For some reason that we do not understand, and this is what's hard to grapple with, for some reason we do not understand, God is still glorifying himself even when things don't go our way. Well, like the whole Genesis 50, 20, what you meant for evil, God meant for good, right? To bring about the salvation of many. I mean, who, who knows what God will do through this? Uh, there's probably things in the future that could not have happened if God didn't allow certain situations to take place. Yeah. Um, so I think the first thing we need to do in glorifying God is glorifying God in his sovereign rule. Mm -hmm. That God is sovereign. He, he places people in positions of power, and there is nobody in any position of governing power that has not been placed there by God. Now, that's a hard pill for some to swallow, but that's exactly what Paul says in Romans 13. I don't know if you have that scripture up, Pilgrim, but Romans yeah. 13 uh, says, Paul says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. 
and those that exist have been instituted by God. Whoa. So the first thing to say is if an election doesn't go your way, is to say, time out, Lord. <laughs> I prayed, I voted, I campaigned, I shared social media posts, I stood for right and wrong issues. But in the end, Lord, you have allowed so-and-so to be elected. I don't like it. I didn't want it to happen. But Lord, I know that somehow you're going to glorify yourself through this mess and that you have allowed this for a reason yeah. and it's all a part of your sovereign plan. Yeah. That is hard to do. It's difficult to do. But I think it's what's the right thing to do. It's just honoring God. This doesn't mean that God is on the side of the candidate. You know what I mean? That God is in favor of the candidate's policies or platform. It doesn't mean that at all, but it could mean that in the, in the light of history, this is who God wants for this reason and this reason alone. And that is way beyond our imaginations. Yeah. I think it's hard for Christians to square with um, seeing that perspective of, Hey, this yeah. is, this is God's, this is part of God's sovereign plan and, and I can give him glory um, by trusting his, his sovereignty in this. I think that's hard for a couple reasons currently. Um, I, so culturally we live in a time where everyone, everyone gets a trophy. Everyone did a good job. You participated, um, at my son's school and it's a great Christian school. Um, his science teacher, um, he told me recently, whenever someone asks a question, um, and, or whenever he asks a question and one of the students answers in a really bad way and everyone laughs or, or derides that answer, he kind of says, well, the teacher almost gives the kid an out, even though it's a ridiculous answer and says, well, yeah. we don't know all the, so to try to minimize the loss, minimize the, you know, the, the feeling of suffering. Um, so we have that culturally. And then within kind of the modern church today, we have, you know, lots of songs out there and, and this mindset that like, yeah. Hey, you know, there's another one in the fire. I'm going to get through this no matter what. And that's not wrong. But I think it's a little bit, we, we have too much of a over-realized victory in our, um, in our the theology where, we, hey, this, I saw the Christian movie, the guy wins the football game at the end because he's a Christian right. coach. So, you know, um, instead of, I mean, the gospel is, is rooted in suffering. It's rooted in loss and death. And, you know, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1, we felt the sentence of death. It wasn't that, hey, we, we overcame, like we bear, we almost died. Right. And that was why, so that we would rely on God who raises us from the dead. So um, right. if, it may very well be that we're going through, uh, that if our candidate doesn't win and we go through a tough season of loss and, and, and discouragement and suffering, that this is to remind us that politics are not where we're to place our ultimate hope, but it's ultimately right. in Christ. And there mm -hmm. is a better city that we can look forward to. So um, yeah, I think I think we need to um, definitely not forget that. Um, and I and, think this might sound. Go ahead. No, well, who does Paul uh, write that about in Romans chapter thirteen? Like, who's he referring to at that time? <laughs> Caesar. <laughs> Caesar. I mean, the you know, there were a reign of evil emperors in in Rome that 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 were evil. They were wicked. Um, did so many crazy things to Christians, killed them, imprisoned them. Uh, Nero burned the city of Rome, blamed on the Christians, threw them to the lions, sewed them in animal skins. And here Paul says, every subject yourselves to the governing authorities for no one, no one has authority apart from God. Wow. So Caesar had authority from God. 
Um, Another person I think the scripture speaks of in this way that God instituted in power um, is Pharaoh. Uh, Paul addresses this in Romans chapter 9, where, you know, Paul is having an argument with God a little bit and like, you know, does this seem fair, you know, God, between your sovereign uh, election? And he says uh, to Pharaoh, uh, for this very purpose, I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth, Romans 9, 17. So God raised up Pharaoh. He made Pharaoh to be Pharaoh for a reason. And in the context, what is that? So that he might bring them down. Think about that. Pharaoh, the global military superpower of the day, was humiliated by the God of the Hebrews that he had enslaved. God raised up Pharaoh to show his glory over Pharaoh, not just to the Hebrews, but to the Egyptians, but also to the nations. Because as Israel marched in through the promised land, all the nations that were in their way heard about what their God had done to Pharaoh, and they feared the Lord. I mean, think about that. God raised up Pharaoh for that purpose. Well, God could have been on Pharaoh's side. This doesn't mean if God is in favor of Pharaoh, you know what I mean? It's all about God's purpose through Pharaoh, why the reason he put him in. And that Pharaoh was there for a specific reason, and that was to endure those 10 plagues um, that he had sent to there. I mean, for that reason, that's God's sovereignty and control. Why did God allow Trump to be president? Why did God allow Obama to be president? Why did God allow Nixon to be president, right? If he was going to shake his fist, I'm not a crook, and resign a few years later. Why? Because God is sovereign. Somehow, somehow it's all a part of his plan, and he's working all things out. We can't figure it out. If Biden becomes president, it's God's plan, sovereign plan being revealed. We can't explain it. We just got to sit back and say, God, glorify yourself. We worship you. We don't like it, but Lord, we're going to see what you're going to do through it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And back in um, Exodus chapter five, prior to the plagues, Pharaoh basically was when Moses came to him, he's like, uh, who is, who is Yahweh? I, I've never even heard of Yahweh. Right. And so then you see on the back end, you mm-hmm. know, um, his name is proclaimed in all the earth, mm-hmm. um, you know, through the, the uprising and the downfall of yeah. someone who didn't even know his name and very much knew his name. He knew uh, his name by the end, right. Yeah. And and during those plagues, um, the thing that Moses kept saying again and again, or God kept saying to Moses, so that you will know, or that Pharaoh will know that I am the Lord. Yeah. God desired to be made known to his people, to Pharaoh, and this was how he was going to do it. And he raised him up for that purpose. I mean, it's a it's a sobering text. Uh, sobering text, but I think this could apply also to positions of power and elections of how God works. Um, there's nothing outside of God's sovereign plan mm-hmm. that he doesn't bring to pass. So he knows the end from the beginning. Amen. And from ancient things, uh, ancient days, uh, things not told yet. Yeah. Well, what's, what, what's something else Christians can do uh, if things don't go their way? Let's say they, we get, they, they get a president that they don't agree with or they're vehemently opposed to. Um, what responsibilities do Christians have, Pilgrim, towards, towards that person? Well, you know, I was going to 
bring this up very, um, you know, originally because I have such great thoughts, but you actually had the exact same second thought that I had, uh, which is uh, prayer. Um, yeah. Glorify God by being in prayer for those whom he has placed over you in authority. Um, I, I've got to say, I, uh, our family has tried to pray um, multiple times a week, not, not daily necessarily, but multiple times a week uh, for President Trump. Um, but personally, I think that I prayed for President Obama more than I prayed for, uh, have prayed for President Trump. Mm. Um, and that was just a personal um, conviction of mine when he was in office for the eight years. Um, you know, as you reference in your article, uh, Paul tells Timothy that the first order of business in prayer is that prayer, supplications, intercessions, thanksgivings be made for all peoples, but specifically for kings and those who are in high positions. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the result of that is that as we're praying for those who were subjected to on earth, that, that we're reminded, Hey, as I'm praying for them, I also need to live a peaceful, quiet life, godly and dignified. And this pleases God. So I mm. think, um, just being reminded that, um, you know, we have a, we have a, a governor, we have a mayor, we've got uh, county commissioners, we've got a school board. Um, and then we, we have, yeah, president, his cabinet, we've got um, Senate and House of Representatives. We, we have people that, um, that need prayer consistently. Right. And so just, you know, um, stopping and every now and then just re being reminded to pray uh, for those who are in authority, uh, I think is incredibly important. And that's, that's one of the best things we can do as Christians that, Lord, would you guide our president, no matter uh, if it's Biden or Trump, guide them. Would you, right. would you draw them. And we've prayed uh, multiple times for both candidates at our um, Sunday morning gatherings mm -hmm. and just praying that they would come to know Jesus, that they would come yeah. to saving faith and that they would walk in repentance and that they would, again, Amen. Uh, administer justice and righteousness in their well said. decisions. So. Well said. Amen. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say exactly the same thing, but you said it beautifully. So good. So Christians, number one, have a responsibility to Trust the Lord. Okay, Lord, that's what you've allowed to happen. That's what you will to be. Mm -hmm. Secondly, we need to uh, be praying for those people. And I love how what Paul says in there to Timothy, um, that we, so that's the purpose of praying, right? You already said that. What's the purpose of praying for all people, not just godly leaders, right? I know a lot of Christians have prayed for President Trump, but just right. the opposite, Pilgrim. They pray for President Trump because they liked him. Right. Uh, but the same people did not pray for Obama in the same way. Right. You know, why? Because they didn't like him. Right. And so um, pray for all people, Paul says. You know, right. this, is what, this is what believers ought to do. He says, this is good. This is good and pleasing to God. I mean, what, what a beautiful way to say it. Um, there was a pastor, uh, I won't say his name because I don't think he needs any publicity, but he's a very controversial figure on youtube and says some very vile and heinous things but uh he made the news a few years ago by praying in precatory prayers against obama in in the church services praying that he would get cancer praying that he would die i mean those disgusting and, and wicked that is not in the spirit of uh first timothy 2 12 you know that is not good and pleasing to the lord so so no matter who is the president one way that you could glorify God by understanding who he's placed in office or allowed to be placed in office is to pray for that person, 
pray for wisdom, pray for their salvation, pray for the repentance, pray for their, their leadership to be one of, uh, one of righteousness, right? Righteousness exalts the nation. Uh, that's yeah. what the, the, the Bible says. And so we want our nation to be led in righteousness. And so, and who knows? Cause what the Bible also says, what the heart of a King, the heart of the King is in the, is in the, uh, I'm paraphrasing here is that is in the hands of God. He's moving it like a, a stream everywhere, which yeah. way he goes. So important. Oh yeah. That's Proverbs 21. One, the King's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. I mean, but that, that candidate is wicked. Yeah. But God, God can use him for great good. Right. And I think this is what many, even many people, evangelicals who are not for Trump um, struggled with because, you know, Trump has been known before he was president to be a very immoral person. Um, and uh, people did not understand how he could be the right kind of president. And, and I get that. And I get that. Um, but also, I think, I, I think, knowing that God can turn the heart of a president or a king whatever way he wants just yeah. proves even more the sovereignty of God in this way. And so we need to pray even for anyone who gets in, uh, that the Lord would change their heart on whatever issue that they're in violation of God's law. So right. absolutely, very good. Yeah. I think it's easy to, um, you know, get completely overwhelmed and, um, you know, uh, almost a little bit desperate in prayer. Um, and, and I would just say, let's, yeah, let's have the attitude or, or yeah, praying and precatory prayers. I think the attitude, um, I mean, yeah, Paul is, is praying or saying that we should be praying for, uh, you know, even giving Thanksgiving. Uh, and so I think, you know, there may be some Christians today, just, you know, afraid that we're going to become a socialistic country tomorrow. Uh, and that the, the, our way of life as we know it, or the American way is, is going to be decimated. We have to remember that th things are said in elections, uh, you know, in, in campaigning that vilify the opponent, uh, that detract the other side and that build up, you know, with kind of bravado, build up our, our side. So I think we, you know, again, trusting in God's sovereignty and, and thanking God for that person and praying for, for wisdom. I mean, I, the best thing that I could be prayed for as a pastor is, is like Solomon, like, Lord, give me wisdom, grant wisdom, me wisdom please. to oversee these people that you've entrusted to me. So yeah, I think Amen. that's key. Amen. And the last thing that I, that I thought of and wrote in my article, of course, there's many things we could have said in this article is the third way we can glorify God is by honoring those whom have been placed. So one, you honor the Lord. Okay, Lord, that's what you want. Number two, you pray for that person. Number three, you honor that person. Yeah. And and again, that might be seen as a very controversial thing. Well, I don't have to. What do you mean honor them, Dan? Well, again, this is something else that that one of the apostles said. Peter says this in First Peter two seventeen. He says, "Honor everyone." Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and the word honor there is respect. You know, respect. It's uh, you know to uh, to you know to to. Uh, yeah, should respect. Anyway, uh, love the brotherhood, fear God. And then this is the most astounding, I think, some of the most, one of the worst astounding words or phrases in the whole New Testament. Honor the emperor. Yeah. I mean, just think, honor the emperor. The same emperor who's trying to kill you. Yeah. The same emperor who's lying about you and 
throwing you to lions and and sewing you up in animal skins and making you into wax-laden candles on the streets as <laughs> honor the emperor. I mean, he didn't say uh, protest the emperor. He didn't say uh, beat the emperor. He didn't, of course, that would have been impossible. But you know what I mean? He didn't, he didn't yeah. say any of that. Yeah. Honor the emperor. So how does a Christian honor someone? It's hard. It's difficult. I'm not saying it's easy. Right. How does a how does a Christian respect a person they think is evil that has evil intentions? Uh, for example, they could be very, uh, very much for the uh, abortion of children and very pro-choice or whatever, uh, or whatever other godless uh, belief that that person may. How can we honor someone like that? I mean, that's a well, tall tall order. It is. And unfortunately, we're in a very um, divisive day where there's, uh, we applaud dishonor. Um, so currently, you know, and, and I don't want to blame all of that on Trump. I know the left would say that's Trump. Trump is the reason that we have dishonor and, um, you know, everything going crazy um, with the attitudes. And, um, you know, I think we can't just blame it on one person. Um, but I, I think, you know, we're in a day where it's easy to make fun of someone, um, to completely mock them, mm -hmm. uh, to call them names. And I, I just think, you know, if Trump were a Democrat and we have had, you know, his presidency the last four years, um, it would be much easier for many Christians to just be, you know, like, man, I can't believe this guy. This is horrible. Listen to, listen to how um, prideful he is and he's an adulterer and I can't believe he's in office and he's aborting baby. I mean, you know, they would have, it would have been very easy to fall into that rhetoric, but there's been, I think four years of people saying, I don't love him as a person. There've been some, there've been some, you know, character issues, uh, but man, look what he's done for, right. um, you know, the unborn, look what he's done for Israel, look what he's done um, here and there. And so, there, there seems to be like, it's a little bit easier to kind of honor um, someone that Christians like in office. But mm -hmm. I, I think we actually, if Biden is elected um, or if you're a Christian and you don't like Trump and Trump, you know, gets uh, reelected, I think we have an opportunity right now to really um, practice this verse, honor everyone, love the church, fear God. And then, and yeah, show honor to whoever's in office, even if it's um, Kamala Harris and you, completely disagree with her track record in San Francisco and in California. And she's the most liberal Senator. We can still give honor um, and, and pray for. Um, and when we and say think, honor, we're, we're talking, I think we, I think we need to define that because immediately yeah. I think I, people are sitting there, they're listening in their vehicles and their blood pressure is raising and their foot is accelerating. They don't even know it on the pedal. They're getting, you know, you know, well, Let's pretend they're an enemy, an absolute enemy. The, the Christian posture is still to love right. your enemy. Uh, and that doesn't mean that we have to embrace everything they're about. But it, it, what we mean by um, honor is respect the position. So there you go. Respect the position. position. Yeah. And by who? The, by God. God's given God. that position. So when so, we honor the emperor, we are honoring God. Right. who has put them in that position. It doesn't mean honor what they stand for, yeah. right? It doesn't mean honor 
uh, yeah, what they're exactly. trying to do or we're trying to push upon us, right? Right. It means honor the individual as an image bearer of God, honor the person as a person of authority who God has placed over us for some reason that we will maybe never know, right? So we're, we're talking about honoring the, the individual who's made in God's image, uh, who needs to hear the gospel, who needs to repent and believe in Christ, um, but at the same time, honor the person. And right. I think what we, what we love to do is we love to attack the person with the issue. Right. You know, we love to tear down and degrade and spread rumors and we're so quick to share memes and stuff and articles right. and, and on Facebook or Twitter or whatever about things. Well, well, th this is going to make this person look bad. Let me share this. And it right. could be true. It could be true. But a lot of it, if I think if it's not primarily about the issue and just, you know, making the person look dumb, I think is not in the spirit of being obedient to this verse, honoring the emperor. Right. And so that's why I think the not my president idea, like never, it'll never be Trump. It'll never be Biden. Not my hashtag, not my president. Um, that's, that's a direct violation of first Peter two seventeen. We're not to yeah. say, well, I'm sorry, that person, that particular candidate or that particular mm -hmm. platform will never be something I submit to. Uh, yeah. We need to reread scripture and, and yeah, right. our posture should be, you know what? God's put that person mm -hmm. in that place. Mm -hmm. So they are my president and I need to pray for them. I need to support them. And, you know, I need to. So here's, here's Peter writing to believers. Right. And Peter was writing to Christians who were facing extreme persecution. First Peter is largely about how Christians have joy through persecution. Yeah. Um, and he gets midway through his letter here. And the very one who's persecuting them. He is saying to show honor and respect to them. I, I think this has magnitudes of importance in 2020. Yeah. Um, so if Trump is president, whether you voted for him or not, honor the president. And I think in some ways in our American culture, we do this, don't we? Um, because even the Democrats um, called him what? Mr. President right? It's just a form of respect. It's a tradition in our country. You address the president if he's a man by Mr. President. And the Republicans addressed uh, Obama the same way. They didn't address, yeah, they addressed him as Mr. President. And as long as you're a pre as long as he lives, he will always be Mr. President. You know, that's a way of honoring someone you disagree yeah. with, because what are you doing by calling him Mr. President? You're honoring the office that right. he holds. That's what we're talking about. Because I, I, I could just sense the, the pushback. We're going to get some hate emails, hate emails, Pilgrim. Oh, I can never, so I can never honor uh, Biden. He stands for the slaughter of children. I agree with you. I'm not asking you to honor him in that position and that he's going to take. I'm telling you to honor him as the position God has given him. And I'm not, I didn't write this. The apostle Peter did underneath, underneath the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, if we have in, if we have trouble with that, then we need to go to God's word and again convict and be convicted and then repent. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. these are weighty things, brother. These yeah. are weighty, weighty things. But well, and we're and you know you point this out in your article, but we're tired. I mean, we are we oh, have, yeah. we have election fatigue. This has been a um, this has been a contentious four years, and even leading up to this, it's been uh, it's it's been a, a long run of just a lot of political. Backbiting, we now have pretty much, according to the votes, a 50% split 
in uh, at least in North America in the, in this mindset. So we have a we have a a divide. We have a different mindset, and so um, we have to we have to walk circumspectly as believers. Yeah, not forget that we're dual citizens, but ultimately we're citizens of heaven. Um, and yeah, our our attitude should be let's advance the kingdom through. Yeah love and truth and let's continue to see god be glorified through our submitted lives not through necessarily being militant and against everything that comes out um let's stand for truth of course but yeah i think we have a neat option neat opportunity uh, with whichever option ends up becoming whoever becomes president we, we have a cool opportunity as christians in Amen. the next four years praise god brother Good. Well, if you'd like to read that article, go to thegospelforum.com slash blog, or just go to the main page and click on blog, and you'll be able to see that and other wonderful theological content written by our Gospel Forum brothers. And so make sure you check that out and let us know how we could help you. And if you have any questions uh, or comments about this topic or others. Um, again, thank you for listening to the Gospel Forum podcast, and hopefully the other guys will join us very soon. And until next time, keep on reforming.